family. to your neighbor your life look to your neighbor and say I'm glad I know you I'm so glad I know you I'm glad you know me you know me know me this is praise we praise our God this is God well, we praise our God we're one big family that's family right there. With family, with family, we lift our hands. Oh Lord, we lift our hands. We lift our hands and surrender to reach the sky. And I am so glad, so glad, so glad, I'm so glad you gave your Another neighbor, I'm glad I know you. I'm so glad I know know you. I'm glad you know me. Know me. We praise our God. Well, we praise our God. We're one big family. Responsibility is to introduce this uh, young man. I'm kind of acquainted with him. Yeah, I know him a little bit. Uh, his name sounds a little bit like my name. His name is Darwin Levi Mason Jr. And I tell everybody, I don't, I don't want the. You can clap for him. Yeah. In fact, in fact, what I want you to do is scoot to right to the front of your seat. Just scoot right to the front of your seats. Scoot to the edge of your seat. It won't hurt. Scoot to the edge of your seat. Yeah, right to the edge of your seat. Okay? 
Now, now I want you to stand up. Stand up. Stand up. And I want you to clap three times. All right, sit down. Now, Darwin, I can say that you had him on the edge of the seat. They gave you a standing ovation before you even got up. Darwin is uh, my one and only son. And I like to say this wherever I go. You know, the Bible says in the book of Matthew that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And uh, Daniel asked me to introduce him. He didn't know I was going to do all this. But Darwin is uh, a wife to Kayla. They've been married for a lot of years. They have two children, Darren Lyric and Darwin Levi III. Darwin is an administrator with the Metropolitan Public School System. Been there for, what, 15, 16, 17 years. And uh, he's in the business of molding young men's minds, young people's minds. Uh, he's a mentor as well as a model. I see him all the time um, working with his children and with other children. He is an associate minister at the Hart Street Church of Christ, and uh, he's uh, dedicated his life to the ministry. Not just the ministry of the pulpit, as most of y'all probably remember, Darwin started off singing. He still sings. And that is his passion. Now preaching, I think singing is passion A. Preaching must be passion A, B. So, so I, I don't know where that falls in in line, but I know he loves to preach. And today, uh, as the, the person who gave the prayer said, he's going to give you a scintillizing message this morning. And I hope and pray that you're blessed by the words that come from his mouth, realizing as we've talked, he and I talk all the time, that it's the Holy Spirit that's guiding what you do, what you say. And hope and pray that the Holy Spirit enables you to receive it the same way. I really love the Lord. I really Lord, and that's why I love 
Lord knows I love, love him. I, I really love, love the, the Lord. Mm-hmm. I know how good God has been. He's been, oh, he's such a loyal, he's my loyal friend. Oh, Lord, when my back was against the wall, I know that Jesus, he paid it all, and that's why I love. Lord knows I love, love him, I, I really, I love the Lord, and you, 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 you don't know what he's done, done for me, God, he gave me, gave me victory, Lord, that's why I love, Lord knows I love, love him, I, I really, I love the Lord, and you, 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 you don't know what, what is done for me, God, God, he gave me, gave me all I need, Lord, and that's why I love, that's why, Lord knows I, I love him, I, I really love, I love the Lord, I, I love the Lord, I, I love the Lord, and you, 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 you don't know what, what is all for me, oh God, you gave me, gave me all I need. been good to you this week? Oh, Lord, I know he gave me, he gave me, gave me victory. Lord, and that's why I, that's why, oh, that's why I, that's why, oh, I, I really love, I love the, I love the Lord. Church say amen. Church say amen again. I love that song because it's so personal. It said, you don't know what he done for me. 
You don't know. Matter of fact, I don't even know if you can know what he did for me. And let me go over here further. I don't know if I want you to know what he did for me. Because if you knew what God had done for me, you probably wouldn't let me talk to you today. Because I've been through some things, I've done some stuff, and God has brought me through. And it's between me and him, and I'm just happy that he did it. So some of y'all sitting there acting like, you know, you've been perfect your whole life. You would tell. God has done some things for you. And I'm just glad that God has done more for me than I can ever do for myself. I got on a plane yesterday leaving Las Vegas and coming here and I'm going to tell you the only reason why I came and I made it is because of God. God brought me here. I'm just excited to be in God's house. What a moment. It's good to see y'all. I never would have imagined coming back to this place to do this thing. It's good to be home. Y'all look the same way y'all did when we left in 91. I'm lying, I'm lying, I'm lying. Y'all older, y'all. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't want to mess my sermon up by lying in the beginning. I don't, I don't want to but it's good to be here, uh, to be with you and to see all of my family that has come to support me in this time, left your churches, left other parts of the state, and, the, and, and my aunt even drove and came up from Memphis. I said, man, I, I told my mom, I said, you know I preach in, in my church all the time, y'all. Y'all can visit us there. <laughs> but, but I'm so glad to see you. As a matter of fact, if you are kin to me, now, I know the whole church can stand up, but if you kin to me by blood, either on my mother's side or my father's side, just stand up, just stand up, just stand up. Y'all see what I'm saying? Yeah, we think it's thieves. Yeah, thank you all for being here today. Go ahead and have your seat. Go ahead and have your seat. So I'm just excited to be here on today and to have the support of my family and friends. I came here, and I, I, just, I just want you to understand how powerful your first lady is. Uh, I came here to see, uh, preach the word of God and to really be an encouragement to brother and sister Harrison, uh, and especially sister Harrison. And I got here last night, and I, I felt like I had messed up because she was more encouraging to me. <laughs> I said, man, I don't know how she does what she does. How she, where she finds, I, I can't say I don't know where she finds her strength. I know exactly where she finds her strength in the Lord. So I'm just happy to be here uh, and to, to be able to bring you a word of God. And I, I, I don't plan on being long, but that's what everybody says, right? Uh, so, but, but I don't plan on being long with you today. So uh, we're going to get right into the text. Is that okay? Now, there are times in your life when you are uh, faced with things that are a little bit too big. You know, you have, you have things that might happen in your life that, uh, that uh, just seem like they're just too large, too vast to overcome. Uh, they, they are things that, you know, they can be so rough uh, that, that you lose your will to fight before the fight has ever begun. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, they, they could be, they could be your, your marriage could be struggling and, and you just have decided, you know what, I ain't going to be married no more. It's just too much. Sometimes your kids uh, just don't want to act right. And you decide to yourself, you know what, I'm just going to leave them to wherever they are. And I'm going to pray for them and I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to even try to fight. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you look, at, uh, you look at the bills in your life 
and you say, goodness gracious, ain't no way in the world I'll ever be able to overcome this bill. Like, for example, when I look at my student loan, anybody got student loans? <laughs> when I look at my student loan, I remember when I finished my last degree, I got my loan paper, you know, you get it six months after you graduate before you have to start paying. And you can feel real good about graduating for them six months. And then you get that payment in the mail, and I remember my wife bringing me Sally Mae payment. And I looked at the payment, and I had to squint my eyes to make sure that it was really that many zeros. And it was such a big bill, I said to myself, you know what, I don't even want to, I don't even want to start paying this bill. Sometimes we are faced with things in our lives and the things are so big they intimidate us and we don't even want to start to fight the fight. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, and and, and it's, it can be really rough when you are going through something and you want to fight and you think that you have the will but you look at this giant, you look at this thing that you're faced with and you decide, you know what, I just give up. Yeah, let's go to the Bible, to 1 uh, Samuel, the 8th, uh, the 17th chapter. And I want you to, I'm going to go through a number of verses, so I'm just going to read a little bit to you, and then we'll bounce around as we get through this, this passage, okay? Now, let's start at verse 1. It says, Now the Philistines gathered their armies from the Bible, and they were gathered at Sukkot, which belonged to Judah, and they camped between Sukkot and Azekah. Yeah. Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array to encounter Philistines. The Philistines stood on the mountain, one on one side, while Israel stood on the other side, with the valley between them. Then a champion came out uh, from the armies of the Philistines named Goliath from God, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was clothed with scale armor, which weighed 5,000 shekels of bronze. He had also had a bronze grease on his leg and um, a bronze javelin slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and the head of his spear weighed 600 shekels of iron. He, his shield carried also, he carried a shield also where he walked. He stood and shouted to the ranks of the Israel and said to them, Why do you come out to draw up in battle array? I am not, a, I am not, am I not the Philistine and a, you servants of Saul? Well. Choose one man for yourselves and let him come to me. Now, first of all, let's just stop right there. Goliath is the enemy. Everybody agrees with that, right? First, this is not a point in the sermon, but since we're here, I might as well give it to you. Never let the enemy tell you how to fight. You notice in verse 8, they came out ready to fight and Goliath sent them back. And told them, why y'all come out fighting? I'm just one person. Well, just send me one man. This ain't in the sermon, but I want you to understand that any time that you're dealing with the enemy, do not let him dictate to you the, the rules of engagement. I just got to keep going, going. All right, and then he says, if he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we, uh, then we will become your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall become our servants and serve us. From this passage of scripture, I want to give you or offer you up the title. Uh -huh. This is how we're going to whoop Goliath. <laughs> I mean, this is how we're going to whoop Goliath. Anybody, I told you there are problems in your life that seem way too big. And what happens is, if we're not careful, we will face those problems and we will give up. And the reason why we will give up 
is because we do not know the method or the methodology or we don't know the recipe that is needed in order to beat the giant. Yeah. Am I the only person that has a giant? No. Now, if I, just, just, for a matter, just for a few seconds, take about five or six seconds and I want you to think about your giant. Okay. A few seconds. You got it? Yeah. All right. Some of y'all didn't need that much time, did you? As soon as I said giant, it popped right in your mind. Now, whatever your giant is, I want you to now call your giant Goliath. And I want, if it's alcoholism, I want you to call it Goliath alcohol. If it's drugism, if it's drug abuse, I want you to call it drug, Goliath drug abuse. If it's, if it's uh, adultery, I want you to call it Goliath adultery. Now, you say, Brother Mason, why in the world would I call my problem Goliath? Well, the reason why I want you to call your problem Goliath is because we know the end of this story. And we know that Goliath lost. So if we call our problem by something that is defeated, then it gives us courage enough to walk in and defeat our own problem. Y'all follow me? So whatever your problem is, call it Goliath. Alright, so Goliath, the first thing that the Israel struggled with, if you look at verse 11, they said when God, Goliath called out to them, they were distressed. They were nervous. And what I'm trying to tell you is that Goliath was so big that he intimidated them and actually made them not want to fight. As a matter of fact, what the Israelites were actually thinking, they were thinking, oh my goodness, we about to be slaves. Because we can't whoop this man. And see, let me tell you, whatever your Goliath is, it's always standing in front of you and it's stopping you from getting to where you need to go. How do I know that's the case? Because the wars that were fought in Israel were always fought in the spring and the summertime. Right? Now, the men had to fight the wars, so that means they were not able to work the fields. So not only was Goliath standing in front of them physically, Goliath was also standing in front of their harvest. See, so I want you to understand, because if they couldn't work the field, they couldn't bring out the harvest. Y'all not follow me. Goliaths always come, and they not only are big, their timing is always bad. Because the timing of Goliath is designed so that you cannot get to your season of harvest. What do you mean, darling? Whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is, the giant that you're facing in your life, I guarantee you that that giant is standing in front of your next blessing. That's the way Goliaths work. They're always big. They always are going to try to intimidate you and then they will stand right in front of your next blessing. Because if Goliath can stand and intimidate you, you can't walk in faith. Well, wait, hold on a sec. What are you saying? Okay. The fact that you may be struggling with drug abuse, that's your Goliath, might be the same Goliath that stops you from getting promoted. Y'all follow me? All right. That the, 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 the fact that you are struggling within your marriage uh-huh. is the same or could be most of the time is the same Goliath that's stopping you from having a relationship with your children. All right, all right. Your harvest can be blocked by the, the Goliath that you choose not to fight. But now, so you say, all right, we get it. Goliath is big. Goliath will cover or or, or block you from your harvest. So now get to what what you say the the, the sermon is. Now tell me how to beat him. 
I'm glad you asked that question. I already like this church because you asked the right questions. Tell me how to beat them. Let's go to the text. Somebody go to 1 Samuel the 26th verse and then go to 1 Samuel the 36th verse. Now the reason why I want to pull this out, we know the story so I'm not going to read through all of the story. Well I will tell you one thing. Right around verse 24, you know it's when David comes in and he starts to ask questions. And he says, now what, what's going to happen to the man that kills Goliath. Y'all remember that? Yeah. And then David's, David's older brother gets upset with him. Y'all remember that? Yeah. He says, why do you even come down here? You got a bad heart. And David said, what did, in essence, he said, what did I do to offend you? I'm just asking a question. And then David, after he asked his brother, his brother had, he has his encounter with his brother. Then he goes on and then begins to ask the question to somebody else. The reason why I got to point this out because this, this is another thing that blocks you from getting to Goliath. At that point in time, David's brother was a problem to for David, right? But David chose not to engage his brother. When you're getting ready to fight a Goliath, when you're getting ready to fight, make sure you fight the right fight. Choose your battles wisely. See, because if David had spent too much time dealing with Elab, he would have never got to the life. That ain't even said the sermon. I just had that, that jumped out to me this morning, so I had to tell y'all. Choose your battles. Now, verse, in, in verse 26, what does verse 26 say? And David spake to the men yeah. that stood by him, yeah. saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine, uh -huh. and taketh away the reproach from Israel? Okay. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine uh -huh. that he should defy the armies of the living Stop God? There. Okay, now somebody go to verse 36. Somebody, verse 36, what does it say? Your servant uh -huh. killed both the lion and the bear. Yeah. And this uncircumcised Philistine yeah. shall be like one of them. Watch this. Okay. Now, look at verse 26 and look at verse 36. I'm giving you the reason how you're going to walk the life. You see something that's repeated in Scripture. Now, now, the study of hermeneutics is to read and observe the Scripture, right? And to learn. Now, one of the things you learn when you're studying Scripture is if something is repeated, it's repeated for emphasis. It's a point that you need to make sure, right? So you'll notice that the Bible that Jesus might say, verily, verily. When he says verily, verily, what he's really saying to you is, come here close. I really need you to pay attention. Or he said, Martha, Martha. What he's trying to let you know is, is that when I repeat something to you, that means that I really need you to pay attention to that specific point. Now, verse 26 and verse 36, there's one thing that's repeated. Do you see what it is? That he is a what? Uncircumcised Philistine. Now, the question they asked, I, now I read that twice and it stuck out to me and I said, why in the world would David continue to say uncircumcised Philistine? Yeah. What is it that he's trying to get at? And it made sense to me. See, what does circumcision mean? Uh -huh. See, when you are circumcised, only the Jews were circumcised. Yeah. Only Israel was circumcised. Circumcision was a sign of a covenant. Y'all missed it. Circumcision was a sign of a covenant. So what David was actually saying is, who is this man outside the covenant of God that is scaring all of y'all? See, the first step 
He said, if you want to make sure that you cover or that you whoop Goliath, the first thing you have to realize is that you are in covenant with God, which means the covenant comes with a promise. The promise is you can't lose. So David walks up to the Goliath and says, who are you? Uncircumcised Philistine. He's outside the covenant. Now did you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, wasn't David, wasn't all of them? Under the covenant, they were, but I want to watch you watch me. Where's that thing at, Daddy? That, that, uh, that, come here, Troy. Come here, Troy. Come here, Troy. I want you to understand. Because the question is, ain't all of the Philistines, all of the children of Israel underneath the covenant? Aren't all of them, isn't all of them, uh, aren't they circumcised? Well, what is it that makes David so special? Watch this. Watch this. Now, a part of hand me, hand me my bottle, please. Now, let me let me see this 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 thing. Now, a part of being in a covenant is that you have a covering. So, what happens is this: when you're in a covenant. You have to, you could actually be in a covenant, but not under the covenant. So you could actually have something that's good for you that you're not using. Watch. David is saying, uncirc- all the rest of the Philistines are saying, look at Goliath. He's nine feet, six inches tall. He got 125 pounds worth of, of, uh, of, of arm on him. Goliath is way too big. They have the covenant, but they're not using it correctly. Watch. Take that water. Hold this for me, please. Now, this is what I want you to do. Come on. Come close. I want you to pour the water on my hands. Oh, Now, don't pour. I got enough right now. What is happening to the Philistines? You keep that. What is happening to the Israelites? Is that they have a covenant, yeah, right. but, not. but and it's raining, they're going through a storm. Yeah. But they have a covenant, uh-huh. but they're not under the covenant because they have an activated God. What you got? They walk in. Poor Troy. He's on. Hold on. He's on. Now stop. It doesn't matter what Troy does with the wall. Now, now what, I, what I'm trying to help you understand is this. David understood that his covenant gave him a covering, which meant when he saw Goliath, he didn't see what everybody else saw. First point, I need you to write down. You got a covenant. You need to see your problem with a spiritual lens. God has already said he was going to fix it. But you still running around scared. You still running around talking about I'm a, I'm a member of the body of Christ. I'm a member of the church of Christ. I, I go to Chatham Avalon. Bible told me, script 
scripture reading, all of that stuff, walking around all day, saying all of those wonderful things, and still getting whooped. <laughs> and the reason why you're getting whooped is because you have not activated the covering. You gotta see your problem for what it is. If you're struggling in life, don't look at Goliath like Goliath is somebody that's built. That means somebody's too big for you. Listen to this. You have a covenant. Your problem doesn't. Whatever it is you're going through, your, your, your problem don't have no covenant. Your Goliath don't have no covenant. Which means your Goliath is already whooped. If you want to whip Goliath, point number one, you got to look at it for a spiritual lens so you can see the right thing when you see the problem. Some of us give up because we just decided it's just too big. All right, let's, let's go. I don't, I don't want to stay on that point. Okay, secondly, is then you have to, uh, let me get to my notes. Then, then you have to uh, not only look at the, how big your problem is, then you have to make sure that you align yourself with the power of God. See, so what David did was, you notice a number of times, he said, who is this uncircumcised man that insults, he doesn't say Saul's army. He says the army of God. What he's actually doing is, he's making sure two things. One, that y'all know this man ain't got a covenant. Two, I mean, he's making sure that he's aligning himself from where his power comes. If he had said, who is this man who insults Saul's army, that means that he's, he's giving the credit to the army to a man. But David understands that in order for me to get to the power, I got to align myself with the power. Sometimes the problem that we have in our lives is that we, first, don't activate our covering. Two, is that we don't align ourselves with the power of God. Amen. And alignment matters. About seven or eight years ago, I, we were well, longer than that. We bought a new house. And about six months into this house, the garage door went open. Uh-oh. And, and so I got upset. And I, I, I pressed the button, the garage door went open. I'm almost late for work, so then I go outside. I start jiggling the door. I don't know why I jiggled the door. I thought I was going to do something, but I ain't, I ain't no good. So I just jiggled it. It didn't work. So I told Kayla, I said, Kayla, we got to call the garage company. And she says, the number... It's on, the, it's on the button. So I called the garage company. And I said, sir, our garage door is no longer working. And he said, what's wrong with the garage door? I said, it will not open. I need you guys to come out here. I need you to come immediately because I'm going to be late to work. I need you to open up this garage door. And he said, okay, sir, we will definitely come. It's still under warranty. But before we come, I need you to do something. I said, all right. He said, walk to the front of the garage. I walked to the front of the garage. He said, look to the right. He said, yeah. He said, do you see the little camera? I said, yeah. I said, what is it? He said, he said, what is it facing? I said, it's facing the other side of the garage. He said, okay, good. He said, look to the left. I looked over to the left. He said, do you see that little camera? I said, yeah. He said, what is it facing? I said, it's facing up. He said, okay, this is what I want you to do. I said, all right. He said, I want you to turn the camera to the left to face the camera to the right. I said, all right. So I went, I changed the camera to the left, made sure it faced the camera to the right. He said, now go back over and push the button. I walked over to push the button. The garage door came up. I thought I had a power problem. I had an alignment problem. What happens is, is that when you understand you're under the covenant, then you have to align yourself with the power of God so he can work for you. Y'all hear me? All right. And then, 
The Bible says that David, I'm just going to go through the scripture because I know you already know the story. I didn't even realize when I got here that that was your theme last year. I looked up there and I said, oh, no, they ain't already heard this sermon a lot of times. <laughs> and then I got nervous. I just started praying to God. I said, Lord, let them forget. Let them forget. <laughs> so, so here we go. So David says, he goes to, to Solomon, I mean to Saul, and he says, I want to fight. And Saul says, you can't fight. You ain't even old enough to fight. And he said, you're just a boy. David responds, he says, I'm a shepherd. And when the lion and the bear came after my sheep, I went after them. And I slew the lion and the bear. That's verse 35. In verse 41, the Bible says, after Saul allowed David to fight, David went after or approached Goliath. Here's your second point. Y'all ready? Write it down. Once you have aligned yourself and you have recognized that you are under the covenant and and under the covering, now, it's the part that we don't like to do, you got to run towards Goliath. What do you mean run? The, The same Hebrew word in verse 35 for went after is the same Hebrew word in verse 41 for approach. And in both of those words, it means that David ran towards. Y'all follow me? Once you have aligned yourself with the power of God and you are ready to fight, it is no longer your job to sit and watch. Now it's your time to run towards the part, the part, the problem. Whatever your life is, run towards it. Why, why do that? Because God will activate his power when you move. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% sure. In John 5, Jesus told the man, what? Rise and walk. In 2 King, he told Naaman, go and dip. When, and, uh, in Exodus, he told Moses, he said, when, when they fight, then raise your hand. Hold the rod. Now, what would have happened if Moses had just rolled, just put the rod up? Nothing. In order for the rod to actually work, they had to go and fight first. In Genesis 12, he told, he told Abraham, he said, go to a land that I will show you. Y'all follow me? Sometimes we look at our problem. It's real big. We align ourselves with the covering. We, we, we say, hey, we, everything's going well. Then we align ourselves to the problem, and then we wait. What you doing? Oh, I'm just waiting to see the glory of the Lord. There's a time to wait. But the time is not when you're fighting Goliath. Once you have aligned yourself to the power, then you got to go. What you mean? If you're struggling with depression, go get some help. What do you mean? Go, get, go to somebody that can help you. Let me tell y'all a quick secret. It's okay to have Jesus and a therapist. Yeah. Go get some help. It's even better if you find a therapist that loves Jesus. But I'm telling you, it's okay to have Jesus and a therapist. If you're struggling with alcohol, go to a meeting. If you and your wife ain't been talking for the last two months, sit down and talk. If you're struggling with money, 
get a job. I got a job, get another one. We sit back and have the power of God, but then we'll wait. Goliath ran. I mean, David ran towards Goliath. He said, no, 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 buddy. I'm coming to you. As a matter of fact, it says, it says that David approached Goliath, then Goliath approached David. That's your next point. When, you, when you're struggling with something, after you align yourself with the power, after you're under the covering, go to the problem and face it head on. But the good thing is, the truth of the matter is, all you're doing is walking in faith because you don't have to do much. God already told you he was going to fix it. You don't, you see, you don't have to put on no extra stuff. You know, Saul tried to put on all of David on all of, of his armor. See, he was trying to clothe David with armor, and David said, I don't need the armor. I got the spirit of the Lord. All, I, I already got everything I need. Just let me go fight. Just let me walk. That's your next point. Then here's the last one. I ain't going to be long. We almost done? Yeah. Somebody said, huh? No, that's the last one. That's it. In my church, you're too long. They start walking. No, I'm just kidding. Now, here's the last one. When you go and fight Goliath, call on the right name of God. What, what, what do you mean? All right, what's that mean? David says, I come to you. In the name of the God of hosts. Did you understand this? David said the word for God of hosts is Sabatha. Sabatha is a Hebrew word that means the warrior God or the God of armies. He said, I come to you in the name of Jehovah Sabatha. Why is that important? When he went to go fight his battle, he called on the characteristic of God that he needed in that moment. Watch it. I want you to understand. If you are leading victory or you need in peace, then when you walk up to your battle, you need to call on Jehovah Shalom. God give me peace. If, 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 if you're saying, uh, I, 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 wanna, uh, my, I need providing, then you call on Jehovah Jireh. When you go to fight Goliath, call on God and ask him for exactly what you need. See, we play these games in prayer. We play these games in church. We walk up. Get, I'm a pen of my struggling with this. Lord, I'm doing it all this. And then we start talking all around what's really happening. Amen. We do it to God too. Get in prayer and you start talking all around what you need God to do. Lord, if I just would like, if you could help me to your will to be done in my life when I, uh, Lord, I have been struck. Tell God what you want. He already knows. Y'all think God didn't know which one of the, the, which Jehovah need to come down with David? He knew that Jehovah Shabbat had to come and fight. But it helped when David asked for him. He said, I, here, I 
am coming in the name of Jehovah Shabbatha. Boy, don't you know how scared or how powerful David had to have been when he said, I'm walking up in this thing. And I'm not just walking as the little old young David with the five stones. I'm walking in here with the authority and the power of the God of armies. Y'all wonder why he wasn't scared. He knew what he had asked for. You know, sometimes we go places and who you with actually matters. Y'all, my daughter, my daughter don't like clowns. I don't like clowns either too, too much. I mean, they're a little weird. I don't understand a man with a white face and big shoes. Why that's a good thing. Especially, I'm just telling you, but she don't like clowns. And when she uh, went to a birthday party, we took her to a birthday party. She probably had to be about four years old. And uh, they, they went to the birthday party, and the, birthday, the, the people had a clown. And Darren came and was walking and saw the clown. And she stopped and flew back and ran and grabbed my leg. Watch it now. Now the clown kept walking towards Darren. Darren wasn't worried about the clown. And the reason why she wasn't worried about the clown is because she was with me. Now, so when the clown held on and started coming, I looked one more step. Like, don't come no further. <laughs> she's scared. You know she's scared. Leave her alone. <laughs> she with me. Y'all follow me? <laughs> Who you with matters. <laughs> I was about nine, no, eighth, eighth grade, and I was sitting on our little porch in our neighborhood, and it was this girl that was bothering me. I'm dribbling the ball through my legs. Doing the ball, me and my friend, throwing the legs. And she was a little, little kind of tomboyish kind of girl. I don't know, but she was spit. Spit. So she said, and I said, don't you spit on me. And she said, and spit, and the spit hit right there in my head. Y'all, I'm getting to the part of the story, Judas. When she spit on me, I thought to myself, I'm about to whoop her. But then I said to myself, I can't fight girls. That's what my mom and daddy told me. If y'all fighting women, that's, come on up and repentance. Uh, now, listen, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, when she spit on my head, I ran in the house and I said, Dominique! <laughs> my sister ain't a big thing, but if you know her, you know she rough. Before I got Dome out the house, she came down the steps. And she went right after that girl. You know that girl that never bothered me again. You know why? It was because of who I was with. I'm trying to help you now. When you walk up to your problems, make sure you let the problem know I'm with God. And guess what? You know what's going You know how the story ends. That's the reason why I told you what to, what to call your problem. He took the five little stones, and this is what I love about it. He had five stones, but he only needed one. Goliath had a man in front of him. Y'all saw that he had a shield. 
He laughed at David. That's how your problem looking at you. Look at you. You think you're going to, think you overcome me? <laughs> David picked them little five stones. Those stones were, were uh, I feel like they were, they were divine stones. God knew what was in that stone. And he threw that thing and he threw it. One stone. Goliath gone. The bigger the problem, the harder they fall. But you can do it. If you use this now, if you look at this, in verse chapter 18, verse 20, the Bible says that the Philistines, that David fought against the Philistines again yeah. as king. Watch this. He beat, he continued to beat them. And the reason why I'm bringing this point up is because you got to understand when you whoop Goliath, what was supposed to happen is, is when Goliath died, they were supposed to be their slaves. Now, they, they reneged on their word. They went back and started, they ran and started uh, coming and fighting again. Y'all follow me? So sometimes your problem will come back. It won't matter though, because you know how to beat it. If you want to whoop Goliath, you better align yourself with the covering. Because you got a covenant. You, you, you got a covenant that your problem doesn't have. Two, and then you got to align yourself with the power of God. And then you got to run towards it. Run towards the problem. That's where we get caught a lot of times. We refuse to walk to run towards the problem, but run in faith. And when you get to the problem, let them know who you with. That's the whole sermon, y'all. That's all I got. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. This is what I know. This is what I know. Go ahead and stand to your feet. We're at the invitation. This is what I know. I know that... Many of us are working and fighting Goliath. I know that you got some stuff going on in your life that's big and that you are afraid of and that has been whooping you for a period of time. I know that. I know that for sure. And I know that you uh, almost want to give up. And I also know that that Goliath is standing in front of your harvest. You need to go ahead and get some help with it. Now, I don't understand why we are people that come broken and leave broken. See, the church is the hospital. Everybody, I say, I take the V, everybody, everybody up in here sick. But somehow, we'll come to the hospital with the doctor and I leave sick. It just doesn't make sense. If I get sick and I go to my doctor, I'm expecting for him to prescribe something to me to help me get better. But somehow we walk into church broken and dejected and hurt and bruised and we will see the doctor and walk away with the same mess we came in with. Don't do that today. Don't do that today. God is ready to help you. You just need, you don't, you don't have to wait to the song. If you need to come down, you can come down right now. You come down right now because I know you got some stuff going on. As a matter of fact, let me help those, some of you who want to come down, but you're afraid that somebody's going to be looking at you because that's the problem. See, we didn't got a point. We got to a point in the church where when people come down, we start trying to figure out what they did. That ain't your business. So then people don't even want to come down no more because they know you're going to start meddling. 
And then we try to we, we try to be nice, nasty, mellow. Oh, girl, what happened? I'm praying for you. What, what did he do? None of your business. What did he do? See, so we got to do better in church. But I, 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 this is what I want to do. This is what I want to happen. If, and make sure you don't know, if you are here today and you don't have anything going on in your life, everything's perfect. It's been perfect since you've been born. I, need, I, I just need you. Just, just do me a favor. I need you to leave now. No, 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 no. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I need you to leave now because your presence makes us uncomfortable. The only people that we need up in here now are the people that got something going on. That's all we want. If you're struggling and you need to hit, you need a word from God, you need some help, come on down and let us help you. Let us, let us help you fight your Goliath. We don't want to be messy. We just want to pray. I know you got a Goliath. Why do I know? Because I got one. I have them. And see, this is the way it works. Goliaths are like storms. Either you just got out of one, you in one right now, or you walking towards one. It's always a big problem. You come on down. If you hear you're not a Christian, you're saying, yeah, I, I, I want to be a part of that. But this is the way you do it. Hear the word. The way you overcome your greatest Goliath is through Jesus. Jesus hung, bled, and down the cross. He rose on the third day. And when he rose, he rose with all power in his hands. That's all you got to do. You just got to come down here and say, I believe that Jesus died. I believe that he was buried and got up. And we're going to baptize you in the water. And you're going to go out leaving a better person than you ever came. If you're going through some stuff, you just got to ask for some help. All you got to do is just ask the same. Come on down. To help Oh, comfort, strength. Don't wait. I know that he is willing. Don't walk home with that same mess. Oh, and Jesus will. All you got to do is just ask the Savior. God help you. Oh, comfort, strength. I know that that he is willing and my Jesus will carry you all you gotta do is just ask come on down don't keep that mess oh come he's a good God yes oh Lord and he is willing to aid you and my Jesus carry you through verse 1 oh yield not to temptation or fall for yielding I know that each each victory you will have Oh, son, come on down. Don't fight it no more. I know if I, yeah, if only on world or dark passion, son, yes, and we'll lose. Look ever. Don't keep that mess. I know that he will. 
understand I'm through with the invitation but I just got to tell you this if you wonder are you saying to yourself I can't come down there the devil's telling you they gonna know all about you let me tell you something we already know how, how do y'all know how, how does Darwin know because Darwin got his own demons come on come on come on I don't have time to really be caring too much about what you're dealing with because I'm trying to get it right myself. So don't you sit there and let the devil work on you. Don't you go down there. Don't you go down there. You know what they're going to say? Don't you do that. Because Jesus is willing to help you. I love verse 3. He says, to him that old common. God giveth the crown. Through faith we shall conquer. Now this is though often. Often that means you cast down a lot. Though often cast down. But here's my favorite part. He who is our savior. Our strength he'll renew. If we just look ever to Jesus. He'll carry you through. Sing that with me. To, to him that Just ask the, the Savior, Savior to ask him. Him. 
to help you overcome. He will keep you. I know Jesus is willing to aid you and Lord Jesus. All you gotta do is just ask the Savior. Ask him to help you give comfort, strengthen and keep, keep you, you and Jesus he is willing to aid you. Oh Jesus, carry you through. We'll, we'll hear from the brothers and then we'll have a prayer. Well, let, 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 us, let us pray. Brother Harrison say pray now. Dear most righteous and heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, life and health and strength. We thank you for allowing us to walk into this place today. We thank you for this privilege, this opportunity to pray for you, pray to you. Uh, we realize that when we pray, you hear us. And it's such a wonderful blessing to know that we have an open line to you. Realizing that you understand what we need, when we need it, how we need it, and you are willing and able and ready to answer our prayers. Amen. We thank you for your son and his life and his death and his resurrection, Lord. And we thank you for all those who have come down today. We realize that they have something that's on their hearts. We don't know everything that's on their hearts, but we know that you know. And we ask that you would continue to bless them, protect them, guide them. We ask that you would be with Sister Harrison right now, Lord. We ask that you would just continue to give her the strength that she needs. Uh, we ask that you will allow and restore her body. Uh, we realize that if it is your will, where the doctors may have said things are wrong, you are a miracle worker, and you can turn everything around in your time. And we ask you to bless her, bless Brother Harrison, bless the Chatham Avalon Church, bless their leadership, and continue to just keep them in your arms of protection. We realize the 50 years that they've given to this congregation, and we ask you to continue to protect them in a way that only you can. Yes. Protect us, love us, guide us, keep us all. We ask that you would just allow us, and you would just help us to whoop those Goliaths, those things in our lives that keep us from a harvest. Help us to be better. Help us to love you more. Help us to give more. Help us to care more. Help us to submit more to your will. In your son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.